Hello, everyone. This episode of the Old Green Plain podcast is brought to you by the Nebraska State College System, serving over 9,000 students through three geographically diverse institutions, Shadron State, Peru State, and Wayne State, which offer collectively more than 200 degrees, certificates, and pre-professional programs that are accessible on campus, online, and in several locations from around the state. With more than 270 credentialed faculty members and 50,000 successful graduates, the Nebraska State College System provides significant intellectual capital that contributes to the current and future strength of the state of Nebraska. If you or someone you know, like a cousin or a friend or a loved one who's aimless, wondering what they're going to do, looking for an idea, or they're just interested in learning which great institution is best for them or you, or if you just want to see the way these colleges are making an impact in the areas they serve, go to www.nscs.edu again www.nscs.edu go bobcats those are the Prue state bobcats where i went played baseball good place great time okay ogp is also brought to you by silverhawk aviation since 1990 that's right 1990 silverhawk aviation has been your place for all your aviation needs. They bring you the best right here out of Lincoln, Nebraska for all customers in charter flying and other stuff related to aviation. I think that works. From a full lineup of Cessna Citation jets to King Air turboprops, Silverhawk Aviation gives you the freedom to fly where you want, when you want. Silverhawk has also taken several steps to ensure your safety during this COVID-19 pandemic. Visit their COVID-19 section on their website to see the complete list of extensive steps they are taking from booking your flight to when you're in the terminal to finally when you're on the plane to ensure your safety. Not only do they provide the best-in-class, safe, and trusted charter experience, but Silverhawk is also a trusted services provider for all you pilots out there. From quick turnarounds for pilots who need to fuel up, fuel, get in, get out, to FAA-certified maintenance and the best-in-class avionics upgrades, repairs, and maintenance. Silverhawk is your trusted and safe aviation partner. Check out silverhawkaviation.com. Again, that's silverhawkaviation.com. You heard that at the beginning, right? When I was talking about Silverhawk, I was lost. Couldn't find my place. We love our partners. We don't want to jag up their part of it and uh, we love our partners more than that and they they really uh take the time to write these things out so the least i could do is read it correctly <laughs> anyways showing you behind the scenes right this episode of the old green plane podcast uh this is a great one for me uh, third time's a charm uh we've tried to record this a few times with adam just didn't work out and finally we made it happen um our guest is adam dodworth he is the head chef and mixologist if you will and partner at the Copper Kettle Mule Bar and Eatery, located right here in Lincoln, Nebraska. Awesome place. Rustic, cool, Instagrammable, great food, better drinks. Okay. Oh, he's also the executive chef at the Talon Room. It's a really cool venue for your next, you know, socially distant distanced event. Um, we talked about a lot, man. Colin and I got a chance to sit down with him. First time we've been able to talk to him since our trip. 
he took with us uh, to shoot an episode with Jules McQueen, who's the president of Carbon TV about a month ago, actually. And he served as not only a co-guest of ours, but he uh, showcased his culinary skills. Uh, wow, they were on display. He made fish tacos by making the fish uh, with a bunch of ingredients, which we'll get into, um, in a watermelon. He stuffed the, the hollowed-out watermelon in some coals, cooked it. Man, it was nuts. It was so good. Never seen that before. Um, but we get into a lot of things. And one of the things I, w- I want to point out, if you or family or you yourself maybe worked in the service hospitality industry, you know the struggle already under normal you know, ex- uh, circumstances. Now, in this pandemic and everything going on, um, where the hospitality industry has been hit the hardest. I mean, the numbers are staggering. The people out of work inside the restaurant industry account for almost 14% of the entire job loss numbers in the country, which uh, you know we get into a little bit uh, because obviously this is near and dear to Adam and his wife, Mackenzie, who is also a partner um, you know, in, in, in Copper Kettle. And they have worked hard uh, to keep grinding through all this. Uh, I don't know really a better way to put that, but Adam talks about this. Uh, we also talk about his inspirations and his philosophy on food, which is refreshing to hear. Um, and, and interesting, I think a, a take, if you're at all, consider yourself a foodie, uh, you will find, uh, this really a good episode. And lastly, he shares some simple dress, uh, recipes, uh, for night in, if you will. So, uh, I'm going to be quiet. I'm going to let, uh, I guess us get to talking here with our guest, Adam Dodworth of the Copper Kettle Mule Bar here in Lincoln. So without further ado, here we go. I think, or it's going to be a really long, weird intro. Are you? Uh, <laughs> Adam, how are you, my man? It's good to see good. you again. Nice to see both of you. How are you, gentlemen? Well, Colin and I are both stuck inside of closets. While it looks like you actually have a nice background with your, for those who are listening, a brick, very put together. Is that a fake Zoom background that you have? It's actually, it's actually, I'm in an alley right now and I uh, found this stuff <laughs> in a dumpster. <laughs> yeah, you know, Craig, I, I've asked you this question before, but do you know how you can tell that that brick wall behind Adam is a load-bearing wall? <laughs> how? Every seventh course is a soldier course. You see that? How they count up one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and then they go. They, so that those that seventh course. Yep. So that course holds two brick walls together. So that means it's a uh, load bearing wall in an old building. Yeah. Count behind them. So you see the short bricks there. Uh huh. Yeah. Now count up yep. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You can do that. Ah, cool. In any that. building. Always teaching about Always. the foundations of of life and liberty. Sweet. Pursuit of happiness. Speaking of (laughs) pursuits of Brit and Brit, yeah, I mean, we the last time we saw. Any more bricks laying around, man? (laughs) Uh, 
<laughs> you can, uh, but I've got a sign on the back of mine that clearly says "Keep out." <laughs> All right, All right. Yeah, Keep out. Uh, yeah, yeah, I see. <laughs> uh, the last time we all hung out was uh, while we were down at uh, the lake in Wilson's Lake there yeah. with uh, our guest. With General uh, Wilson. With, yes, <laughs> Julie Andrews. Or Julie Andrews, that's all right. <laughs> Jules I McQueen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how have you been since then, man? What was the takeaway? What were your thoughts? I know you got to fly back with Colin and Jules. How was that? Yeah, it was great. It was great. Uh, it was what, what was it a forty-five minute flight or something like that, or yeah, we, an hour? we yeah we trucked back. It was less. It was like forty. I think our time in the air was forty-three minutes. That's what I thought. It was uh, it was incredible. Um, yeah. you know, pointing out stuff, pointing out stuff on the ground. It's definitely a lot different uh, flying that close to the ground. You know, um, I have been. Geez, the first time I went up with Colin. Um, at Wilson Lake, uh, we were flying around the lake, and they asked me if I had ever been up in a plane like that, and I said I'd been in a, a, a seaplane with uh, mm -hmm. is retrofitted with the uh, the pontoons on it. And um, gosh, I was like seven years old, you know. So oh, wow, it was cool. Um, it was a, you know, you can definitely feel the air a little bit more in a plane like that. But <laughs> you know, yeah, and then he... of course, Colin played the little uh, like uh, she she looked back at me. <laughs> Like they knew this was going to happen, of course, and <laughs> dropped or went up, whatever it was, and I had my stomach in my chest for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it ain't, it ain't yeah, a good that's... flight if Colin doesn't scare the ever living shit out of you. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. safe, cool. always safe, always yeah. safe, oh, above sure. and beyond. Number one, well, number two, absolutely. And yeah, so the flight, the flight home was, uh, it was great, and it was nice. It was my wife's birthday to get back, you know, early and. <laughs> Look at you. Get a little bit less of the stink eye for being gone the night before. So <laughs> we had uh, <clears throat> we took off and there was like thirty. What was it, Adam? Thirty yeah. some knot winds, and then we got They're up crazy. And we flew back pretty high, Craig. I think we flew back well high for us because we usually stay pretty close to the ground. But we right. flew back at what fifty five hundred feet or seventy five hundred mm. feet. I think that's what you said. Yeah, seventy five hundred. And yeah. uh, the wind up there was like forty three knot tailwind. So we were trucking. I, one time I looked down and we were doing 185 across the ground. Oh my goodness. Right? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so I made, I made Adam sing the Top Gun song. And uh, I made yeah. Julie call me Maverick. <laughs> the Danger Zone song. Yeah. Or, or what, what was that? Yeah, what was that song that Shannon played? Dearney? Yeah. 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 So on the way back, so on the way Adam, down there. Oh, sorry, the first ahead. time. No, I was going to say, so, uh, you, you know, the flight was awesome. I thought the most fun was when you jumped in the plane and we were in Wilson Lake and we took off. And the way the wind was, it had just died down enough for us to pop over the dam and get back down over the lake. Yeah. And when we saw the fishermen waving and jumping off their oh. boats for us and stuff, that was pretty fun. Well, when you said that, well, you said that too, because you, you were showing us that, uh, you know, your family's been going there for years and you yep. uh, were talking about that swimming hole or like cove. And when Pride we went Rock. by there, yeah, so Pride Rock, right. When we went by there, um, you know, it was hard to put into perspective how high we were until we saw those swimmers down there in their boat. Mm -hmm. And they were just teeny tiny little, you know, people. It was, it was crazy. Then we kind of realized how high we were at the time. It was like, my God, you know, it's crazy. 
Yeah. Yeah. Very we, cool. uh, that was a fun trip. So, but you know, and I don't want to jump right into it, but I kind of want to jump right into it. Cause I still brag about that meal you cooked. Yeah. <laughs> and Dude, I want to, that's what I was going to talk about. Thanks, man, man, as a chef, <laughs> as a mixologist, mixologist. as a, everything you are, Holy shnikes, dude, that, that dinner, when you started wrapping the fish into the watermelon and packing all that stuff into it, yeah, I started eating nachos because I didn't know if I was going to eat it. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think that was <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I digress because those tacos, literally those tacos were the, in the top five dinners I've ever had. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, I I gotta I gotta pay homage and uh, you know a little bit give a little bit of credit to the atmosphere that we were in too, and you know the day everything led up to that, but uh, that just testifies to you know my philosophy about food is you know is the ambiance, the experience, um, you know who you're with, and all mm-hmm. that's going to definitely affect how something tastes. You know mm-hmm. we were all feeling good. It was a great day. <laughs> we did so much that day, and it was just nice to come back and you know have a few drinks with, uh, with friends and, um, have the cooking process. Craig was my, my sous chef. You did a mm-hmm. fantastic job. Thanks very much, man. You did, Craig. Nice and, work. Uh, I burned 2000 calories. No wonder you sweat your butt <laughs> off in there so much. Dude, <laughs> did you really I had a yeah. protective layer of sweat all around, all on the entire <laughs> yeah. time. <man>. Uh, <laughs> it was crazy. It hey, was crazy Craig, how many, keep up. how many calories did you burn on the, uh, paddle boards? Yeah, so in total that day, because I had my whoop strap, which, you know, whoop, shout out. Um, I, I burned over 4,000 calories that day. And when I look back at the time spent, it was 1,200 calories on the paddleboard. 1,200. It was just because my heart rate is so fast. Yeah. I was climbing back <laughs> up on it. Yeah, yeah well, that, that. <laughs> but, I mean, being Adam's sous chef, I mean, that was the thing, too, that I was, you know, Okay, so once before I got a chance to work, you know, at, at the Copper Kettle uh, under Adam's tutelage as a chief uh, dishwasher uh-huh. and uh, came through, <laughs> thought I did pretty well. But this is different, man. Working next to you and watching you fly around. Uh, it's, it's, you know, those I, – I was, I was telling someone else about it. You know those, those halftime basketball shows where you see people, like, bouncing a bunch of saucers on, on – uh, <laughs> that's what it is. And it feels like it's so fine that if you don't get the timing right, I mean, how do you manage that all in your brain, you know? Well, um, it definitely takes a certain brain because uh, – <laughs> uh, essentially what I'm doing is organizing chaos. And I tell people that a lot. I'm just really good in chaotic situations where I can, I'm almost where there's less to do. Um, I'm worried about more than there is when there's a lot Mm. to do. And I'm in a chaotic situation where I actually feel more calm in the kitchen. And, you know, when I have a lot to do than I do, if I'm, you know, watching a movie and my brain's just, you know, all over the place. So that's, that's, that's basically it. Uh, it is just balancing, um, uh, having everything in your head, uh, knowing when everything needs to go in, when it needs to come out. Because um, there, was, there was a lot of elements to it. Uh, you know, once we got the fish and all the herbs and, you know, um, and spices and everything. Can you kind of break it down like the meal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I know our listeners yeah. are, are like, wait, fish in a watermelon? Yeah. What? Yeah. So tell, yeah. us, tell us about that. It was yeah. walleye, right? That's what we had? Or that's yep. what you, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was know. the fish that we caught at the uh, <laughs> yeah, Lake, yeah, Lake yeah. Hole. In the uh, we caught that at Lake Hole. 
Yeah, Foods? like Whole Foods. No, it's yeah, like oh, Monty, it Monty Conrad. Yeah, yeah, Lake Surfender. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> great, great place. We trolled um, by there on 56. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We just forgot Stop to get a picture. In. That's all. I, I used yeah. the uh, MasterCard lure on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When I, walked every in, time. <laughs> when I walked in, when I, when I walked in that day and go, I'm going to need some fish from a river <laughs> or a lake. <laughs> He's like, son, you're you going to need to leave. <laughs> Okay. You probably say yeah, cash or credit. Money. I'm gonna take this guy for everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, what you need are some crabs. That's what you need. Right. But yeah, just walk us through. Not that you gotta lay it out like a recipe or someone try it at home, but if someone wanna try it, lay it out. Yeah, that's a, a good one. I mean, I've got my own personal like mixture of taco seasoning that I use, and that was uh, you know uh, one of the main ingredients is ancho chili powder. I like it. It's robust, it's smoky. Uh, it's got a good flavor depth to it. Uh, it's great for marinades. It's great for everything. Um, so, uh, that would have been the majority of the dry spice that I use there. Uh, fresh garlic, fresh cilantro, uh, some fresh parsley, um, Mexican oregano. Uh, yeah. And, you know, chop all that up, um, mix it together with the rest of the dry spices quite a bit. A lot of them, you know, you know are in typical, uh, taco seasoning, but you know, some are my own little additives. So we marinated the fish fillets for a couple hours while we went and shot the uh, Beyond. And yeah. when we got back, just mixed all that stuff together. And I hollowed out these, well, you helped me hollow out these, uh, these watermelons. They had to be cut at an angle because we wanted to be able to slide the lid out of the watermelon mm -hmm. and then slide it back in. So it caught all the heat and all the moisture that was inside the watermelon. We didn't lose any of that. Uh, so we did that with two, two watermelons. Um, and then, you know, uh, once that was hollowed out, we had some, uh, <laughs> some watermelon to eat while we were <laughs> doing all this. <laughs> Quite a bit. Some, I think a bottle got tipped in one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was accidental. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. you know, we put everything in there, uh, just a, one sheet of foil around it just to kind of make sure that nothing slips out of the, uh, the, the doorways that we made. And then we got a hell of a fire going some great coals in it. Mm. I, mean, I, was, I was happy with how that fire turned out. Really glad that we got that, uh, the fire ring too. That was really, right. really, really helpful. Mm. It helped lock in that heat too. So bury that in the coals and, you know, let it sit there for, you know, a couple hours and, mm -hmm. um, you know, let the, uh, let the fire dissipate. Uh, and then you pull it out. Um, there was also fresh lemon, lime, and oranges in there. We had to pull those yeah, suckers out right. of the meat too, because they get a little bitter when you bite into them if they're in a taco. Oh but, man, uh, I did, I did. Yeah. Uh, all prey to the old uh, bit into a lime. And... <laughs> I was trying but to be I as just, vocal about that as possible. I'm you not were. one to give up, so I ground through it. Yeah. <laughs> I did too. Power through it, too. man. <laughs> Power through it. Yeah. Need uh, the vitamin C. So yeah, and then I brought some uh, some red cabbage slaw, which is a staple at the Copper Kettle. Uh, mm -hmm. Some kettle salsa, which again you can find at the Copper Kettle. Um, some of our kettle <laughs> tortilla chips you can find at the kettle too. Uh, <laughs> you know, lots of stuff that I wanted to be specific to to our our the place we love and uh, mm -hmm. you know, um, bring that with us. So we had a little taste of kettle there with us. And uh, this is a recipe that I've never done before, and um, I had always kind of wanted to. I've seen other chefs. Uh, you know, cooking different things inside, you know, squash inside pumpkins. Mm -hmm. And uh, for a fall recipe, and I thought to myself, you know, a watermelon would be a good idea. Um, I'm not saying I'm the first one to do it. I'm sure it's been, everything's been done before, you know, I, but yeah. uh, it was just uh, an idea that I wanted to do specifically with fish and tacos. 
Yeah, man, you you had that idea. I remember you brought that up and your eyes lit up. So that was awesome. And it carried out. Colin's right, man. It was one of the best I've ever had. Never ingenuity. It was original. It was super cool. Uh-huh. It was perfect summer. So your eyes lit up when I saw it. The other time your eyes lit up is when Colin goes, if you want to shoot a 50 cal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What well, was I watched, ex- this. <laughs> I watched yeah. this show on Secret Service and like, they're like, the only gun that keeps the Secret Service up at night is the 50 caliber rifle sniper, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, right. man, that looks like a hell of a gun. They showed a picture of it. I was like, I'd like to shoot a tree with that thing. And, uh, you know, <laughs> like, just something cool. I mean, the bullets look cool. I still have my shell somewhere around here. But, uh, um, man, yeah, I, I was lit up. I was excited. I really wanted to shoot that thing. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. Um, and I think full, full disclosure, no trees were harmed in the no. shooting of the 50 cal. No. You know, what impressed me is when they put that cinder block out in the middle of that field. Uh, and he, he used his range finder. Uh-oh, and it was, there was out there and he shot and he said, listen to how fast from time you hear the noise to win that explosion. And it was just like, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that shell, it's, you know, six, six inches long. Oh, at least. Yeah. I mean, with, with the, oh, uh, my with goodness. the round in there. Absolutely, man. I mean, yeah. wow. Wow. That was yeah. uh, hell of a hell just the power of that thing. Yeah. Well, and then, I mean, you guys, you played, well, Colin, you, I assume you conspired with, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I like, funny. you know, I was preparing for my cool Everyone was. We, we were all preparing for that. Uh-huh. The big letdown. Oh. <laughs> Come on, Craig. Click. Come on, Craig. I'm like, God, dang. I can just hear my dad in the background being, I knew it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, God, he's right. Dad, you're right. I don't know. Guns, I'm not a gunsman. But, uh, yeah. man, it was a cool experience and a great. I'm glad you could, could make the trip and, and not only feed us, but just enjoy the day from, yeah, like Colin said, paddleboarding. Um, it was a great time. Um, well, the pool, you, you know, the lake itself was great. I mean, the swimming oh. was, was a great idea. I'm glad we did that. You know, I'm glad we did the paddleboarding <laughs> despite the wind and, you know, all the elements that were, you know, uh, there to make it as difficult as possible. I didn't think it was that bad at all. That was great. Well, you know? what, one, of, one of your philosophies, you had brought this up to me before about food is like, you know, it's, it's it, not only is it just a natural way to sustain yourself, you know, so you shouldn't get caught up in too much about what food is, but also from the land, from, you know what I mean? It's of the earth, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So everything you yeah. can do from the earth and create from the earth should be the way you cook and sustainable. I mean, that's kind of one of your philosophies you always kind of talk about. Is that why you smothered everything in Velveeta? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You saw that? No Velveeta was used. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah, just anything from the earth. Like, it was just Taco Bell seasonings. It was a special yeah, yeah. seasoning. <laughs> I went to the bathroom and came out with my special seasoning. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's in my pockets. <laughs> I'm exiting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, um, I, that is kind of my philosophy. I, it's just alarming, you know, this day and age with how much information we have, how little information there is on how our food is made. And mm-hmm. such a detachment. Uh, between the general public and and, and that, you know, uh, how you're eating meat and what that meat looks like, you know, you should all, I, I always preach loving animals, you know, I don't believe in hunting without eating the animal. And so, you know, I, I think you should respect the animal. And uh, we got a hog once from a farm um, down south where they had a name for the hog uh, that we that we bought. 
and I like that. That's respectful. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you, uh, they respect every animal that comes out of their farm and that's how I feel it should be. You know, uh, that's why wasting food is, you know, it's such a terrible thing. Um, mm -hmm. there's a lot more vegans these days and, uh, <clears throat> you know, that's, that's a choice, uh, or, or you can consider the genre of food, but I think the great increase in vegans, it boils down to, you know, their attachment to animals and they're feeling that they're not respected. And in a lot of cases they're, they're not, especially in mass, uh, you know, production of meats. And, yeah. You know, so it's, it's sad. Uh, and I get that, but, um, I think that's probably where a lot of it stems from. Yeah. What, but, yeah. what about your, what about like the way you make a drink? I mean, you also make a mean, you know, mule, Moscow mule, which obviously if you can just show up a little bit, that's what's on your shirt there, the emblem, you know, yeah. the copper kettle. I mean, where does, where, where does all Are that come from? Go, you know, what's on yours, Colin? Yeah, what you got there? Cheetos? <laughs> Cheeto, Cheeto does. Cheetos. Yeah. Cheetos does. Uh, that is true. Well, you know, uh, does. I've been drinking for quite a few years. <laughs> <laughs> You're well practiced. Um, so we, I know what I like. Uh, some of it is uh, very primitive and some of it's really highbrow, but, yeah. you know, uh, that's another thing is I, I just enjoy, you know, spending time with, with friends and, and doing that kind of thing. And, uh, um, I like creating, you know, the element of splendor, I guess. I don't know this just, I, I like to, I like people to have a good time and, um, creating the perceived value in a, in a drink, uh, makes people enjoy it more, you know, just like mm -hmm. talking about a bottle of wine and how old it is, where it came from, the terroir, everything about this wine. Uh, it's just a, it's a they've done tests on this you know they have people in you know with nodes on their on their brains and they're yep. giving them you know this cheap grape juice wine versus a uh you know a nat uh, or anywhere else in france and they say hey you know this the, the opposite they say this wine is you know this this and that yeah. and create the perceived value and they, they enjoy the lesser expensive wine so much more than they enjoy the other one when yeah i mean generally people don't really know I and mean, there's a lot to know about wine there's a lot to know about alcohol i don't know everything and uh i should probably say that i think uh you know any smart person in this industry realizes that they probably know less about food than they know mm. and i think once you admit that then um you know you're it's going to get you further uh, in the industry and you know <laughs> in life yeah. i guess uh let me let me dumb this down for a second and just <laughs> brag about an experience so when we got back, uh, Angie and I went down to the Copper Kettle and uh, we got to taste, because uh, it's one of our favorite places, you know, we just absolutely love the mules and, and, and our favorite is the, uh, uh, I like the jalapeno one. Mm. Yeah. And Angie likes the ginger one. Um, but <clears throat> even watching McKenzie make it. I mean, she just goes a million miles an hour and she's muddling the, you know, muddling the jalapenos and, and, yeah. and honing this drink. But yeah, she's still talking to us. And I'm thinking to myself, my goodness, because when I'm doing my craft, I, I'm like, but. right, right, <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. We have to be good at that. We have to multitask. You know, my wife makes a drink faster than I do now. And uh, uh -huh. that was, took me a while to admit that. But, um, you know, here we are, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, she, she executes everything to a T and with speed and, uh, you know, we wouldn't be where we are today without her for sure. And, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, it makes my job a hell of a lot easier to be able to 
design something, create something, and um, you know, pass it off to her. She trains the staff on it uh, generally, and um, it's an item on the menu. And it, uh, we know whether it's going to work or not work, and she'll make suggestions on what she thinks are going to work with it or not work. And we're it's the dynamic of the two of us that that make the kettle, you know, yeah. so hot. How does something make the menu? So if I send you guys, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you red bull vodka. <laughs> no, I mean, so like, how do you come up with all your concoctions? Because I'm always oh. amazed at how many mules a, a person can order. Right, mm -hmm. and I yeah. don't like to take anything. You know, um, we don't like to do anything just typically where we just copy and paste something. That's not what we do. We always right. try to put our own uh, touch to everything, and right. I. That's what sets us apart. And, uh, you know, well, we'll try to name something a little bit differently. Like uh, Mackenzie the other day made um, a Corp Survivor uh, uh, and called it the Corp Survivor 2. Um, or it's, that's what it's called, apparently. Now, she, she used a different, different kind of gin. And um, uh, it's a corpse survivor? Corpse re Reviver. Oh, Corpse oh. Reviver. An old, old name. What's it's an old? an old drink. Um, okay. And that's what's fun is going through like, you know, pre-prohibition, post-prohibition cocktails, how much mm -hmm. they changed. It took America a long time to, to get back into the liquors and, and, and the spirits that it was into before prohibition. And so, you know, getting back into those and then the stuff that we, you know, now adhere to as a society and, you know, uh, what we're accepting in our palates, uh, you know, we're, we're just getting back into some of those things where... Mm -hmm. It, there's a sexiness to the the history of something and we mm -hmm. like to buy into that a little bit and then put our own little twist on it. And that's, that's kind of what we like to do. Uh, we have named drinks um, after people. Uh, you talked about the jalapeno one, the cucumber jalapeno one is after, after a good friend of mine and a customer of ours named uh, Chris Raff. And um, he decided he wanted to add uh, jalapeno to the cucumber lime mule that we oh, wow. have existence. And, Man, the cute, the cool cucumber, um, you know, the, the targets of the lime and that jalapeno. And you like that jalapeno one. The longer you let that drink sit, more oils seep out of the, uh, the, cute, the jalapeno, jalapeno itself. The hotter it gets, the longer. Oh, it I know it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, it's a nice, uh, nice surprise. <laughs> if you sit too long on that drink, it's going to get a lot spicier. But yeah. um, that's what we do. We, we like to, uh, so to answer your question, if you sent me a drink, you know, and it was something that I was interested in making, we'd probably pay homage to you mm -hmm. in the name well, of it and make, get it out. Make a, make a drink real quick for the, make the Colin Caneva. What would it oh. be? <laughs> <laughs> the, I, come if up you were going to make it, man, I don't know. We're going to come up with it. It's going to be something with aviation gin. Uh, I could tell you oh, that. Look at this yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, oh, that sounds, I'll be there this afternoon. You bet. Uh, or the I'll names be there are the names are almost more important than the, than what's in the drink itself because that's right. kind of what draws you in. You know, mm -hmm. we were talking the other day. We watch uh, Bob's Burgers sometimes when we're mm -hmm. laying in bed. And every show name and like he has a burger of the day, and it's always a different pun. Mm -hmm. And so we've we've been coming up with different puns for drinks, and that's always <laughs> fun with puns. puns are fun. Yeah, yeah. you gotta enjoy <laughs> puns are you fun. enjoy humor. Take you know. Take, Oh, go ahead, Craig. Well, I was just going to say, you, know, you talk about, you know, how to, and Colin's a good question because, you know, making the, what makes the roster, but take us through like what, what made Copper Kettle? Like, you know, you're, you're in how many years now of existence? Four. 
four years. You're downtown Lincoln for all of it. You were on O Street for a very long time. Now you moved near the Leeds Center, which those of you who aren't in Lincoln or are listening to us aren't from Lincoln, it's still smack dab downtown, you know, yeah. of, of Lincoln. So what, how did, how did Copper Kettle come up, you know, in terms of like, what was it just a sense of, hey, there's nowhere to drink a really good mule here or what? Well, we, you know, my wife and I, we used to go to a place right around the corner from the first kettle. Uh, I won't name it, but uh, we uh, had issues of service there. They, they made the best mule in, Mink, in Lincoln at the time, in our, in our opinion, aside from our own, of course. But, uh, you know, um, the, the business, the idea, the concept, uh, not the name or what we built it, but the concept of a Moscow mule bar was brought to me by my, one of my first business partners. It wasn't actually my oh. idea. Uh, so, you know, but as soon as I heard it, it was that eyes light up thing, man. I was like, oh my God. I mean, as soon as I heard it, I could not stop thinking about it. Right. And that might've pissed that business partner off. Cause I, I made a mind. I mean, I, I, I took it, <laughs> yeah. and I rolled it. Mm. but that's why they, they approached me is because I had built a, a, another business with them previously and made, you know, helped make it what it was, uh, helped build the, uh, you know, the persona and, you know, the, the feel and the atmosphere, the ambiance, the music. So I, I knew what to do with this place. I knew immediately what we wanted. And uh, some of that we weren't able to execute until we made the move to this new place, which mm -hmm. I had always envisioned, you know, um, a fireplace. And uh, I envisioned like, uh, you know, uh, kind of a rustic feel to it because copper is, you know, it's an ancient yeah. material. Um, and it's, you know, I love the look of it, love the history behind it. <clears throat> so immediately knew what the color scheme was going to be. Uh, and, uh, geez, we, we had like 70 mules hmm. and we were, we had to narrow it down. It was a drunken couple of weeks, man, where we had to like, <laughs> like, let's move this one. This tastes good. Let's move it till tomorrow. So we can be sure about that. You know, move it till uh, tomorrow. It down. That's fun. Oh gosh. Uh, so yeah, the, the, <laughs> The research and development was, uh, it was, there was a lot to it. <laughs> That's a fun uh, phase for a bar. It is. It really is. Uh, and so, you know, I obsessed over it and, and yeah. typically, you know, that's what I have to do. My, I'm all over the place, man. <laughs> um, it takes me to really sit down and, and dream something up and make it what I really believe it can be. I, I need to obsess over it. And, uh, you know, I was, I was diagnosed with ADD when I was a kid, if you couldn't tell <laughs> any other way, but, uh, <laughs> uh, that's, uh, you know, if I was really passionate about something and it really grabbed my attention and I was able to focus on that, then I was brilliant at it. And that's hmm. kind of, you know, the outcome of this place, what I think. So, um, wow. yeah. yeah, that's, uh, you guys, uh, have, you guys have moved now more food. I want to make sure people know it's, it's a, it's a drinks, you know, especially Moscow mules and a host of other drinks and food. I mean, it's an eatery now too. And you can see that same passion and yeah. Yeah. You know, so the Moscow a, mule is the most popular in the drink in the world. Now it passed the margarita, which the margarita. Is that was, right? Yeah. Really? Margarita was a front runner for years, uh, uh, decades. Yeah. <clears throat> so we, uh, uh, that was good news. Cause we owned the, the bar of oh, a year or two into when that happened. And we're like, man, this is wow. great. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, I'm a chef. So food was always an uphill battle and it was always, uh, and still is somewhat overshadowed by the Moscow mules, which is to be expected. It's, it didn't affect my, it didn't make me sad. You know, I mean, I, I definitely wanted, I wasn't defeated. I should say, uh, I definitely wanted food to make more of a, you know, a stance of, you know, to be yeah. a center point and a, and a focal point, excuse me. Uh, so 
food started to gain traction um, toward, you know, the end of, uh, right before, um, you know, St. Patrick's Day, right before our move. And uh, we, we want to make a move on it. Yeah. Um, catering, we need a better kid, something bigger. So that was just one reason we moved into this place. You know, another was uh, <clears throat> nothing bad against bars on O Street, but we wanted to get off O Street. You know, yeah, um, which is like a heavy up. college district for those that don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's all it right. Is. We can talk shit about other bars. <laughs> <laughs> They're not on this right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, yeah. I'm, my lease is up over there, so I'm, I'm good. But, <laughs> uh, we, uh, you know, there is there's there's just things that happen there. There's other bars that our our demographic doesn't necessarily correlate right. with. So, mm-hmm. just a block and a half and away is really essentially what we are. Um, now, but we're off that that block, and I have people coming in, and the the word that they use is uh, oh geez, refreshing, sophisticated. It's more sophisticated yeah. area. For us, it was refreshing because Angie and yeah. I are. I know you can't tell, but <clears throat> let me take the cap off for a second. So Angie and I aren't, <clears throat> you know, in our early twenties anymore. Well, maybe take mine off. Man. You're a silver <laughs> so, fox, bro. So yeah, yeah, I wouldn't call it a silver fox. I, I just, I think, I think there's a place in town called the Gray Whale. Yeah. <laughs> That's more appropriate. Oh, come on, man, you're a beluga. You're definitely a beluga. <laughs> the Gray Whale. Uh, but no, so I mean, Angie and I really enjoy, you know, the atmosphere. Yeah. Uh, your your other building was fantastic, but you'd leave and you'd, you know, you'd get the 22 year old stumbling drunk, go big red right. guy, and it's like, mm, yeah. Right? We were afraid, though, you know, you, you said that we were afraid that people wouldn't like it. Still, as much as we liked the new place, there was still right. that fear, you know, that when we opened it, it wasn't going to be the same. Well, and, uh, well, the business plan is always, you know, I always go, approach a business like uh, Kevin Costner did in Field the Dreams when the, the dude just said, if you build it, they will come. Right. It's never yeah. worked, but uh, <laughs> you know, I think, I think your new days. location is fantastic. I, I, you know, the parking's better. Yeah, especially yeah. in front. There's still totally. a parking garage. There's some construction right. in the area, uh, you know, and we want to do lunches eventually. There's a big uh, residential commercial building that's being built uh, across the street from the lead center, lead oh, towers, wow. like that. Don't quote me on that. But uh, um, once that building wraps and they start getting tenants, then that's the time. That's kind of our deadline that we want to be open for lunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'd be kind of silly to pass up on that opportunity when there's going to be so much commercial business there. Well, um, what, what, what effect does it have? I mean, I want to get into it too, because, you know, I, one of the goals I wanted to have out of this was letting people know that like, for some, it might feel maybe not life is back to normal, but in this pandemic and COVID, there's been a lot of impacts, you know, obviously on life and people's way of lives, but also, I mean, as no doubt makes the headlines just on jobs and opportunity yeah. None industry, no one, no other industry probably taking a bigger hit than the hospitality industry. I mean, what has it been? Can you take people through who maybe have never been in the restaurant industry, what it's been like? Not only you guys changed locations during a pandemic, we brought it up in another podcast with Chris Gorman, just what that would probably was like, but then also opening up to a new, new spot, new location when people are maybe apprehensive about coming back in. Yeah. Um, It was scary. Uh, you know, the first taste of opening back up was doing food to go and we had good days and we had bad days. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but, uh, we're not in everyone's, uh, regular, you know, we're not on speed dial for food to go, uh, especially Mm -hmm. when we were so deep into the pandemic, 
when we decided to open up and do it. So if I was going to gauge our success, uh, you know, after the move by the words we were doing on food, I would be terrified. Um, but uh, we opened the doors and man, the first day we opened the doors, we were slammed. And, you yeah. know, people on the day, it was a Tuesday we opened. It was, a, it was like we did as much as we would on a regular Tuesday in the old location. And the nice thing, nice, there's nothing nice about the pandemic, but the convenient thing uh, was that we have more space. Yeah, so I was so going to bring that up. More space, we can have as many people as we had at the last location, and they're all spread out, and they still feel safe. Yes. All of our staffs wearing, you know, masks and, and, and that kind of thing, and we're definitely taking the public's health and, as, you know, priority one. I mean, mm-hmm. we don't want anyone to feel unsafe uh, or that we don't care or that we don't believe in this. Yeah. Um, that's not the narrative we're following. So, you know, I mean. So are you guys open full swing now? <clears throat> we are. Yeah. Are you, what are your, have you adjusted hours at all or what are your hours? We did, yeah. I mean, I shouldn't say full swing, you know, or we had, we were open. It's very similar to the old hours. Uh, we're, we're closed at one Friday and Saturdays and we close at 11 on uh, weeknights. If it's a pop at night and, you know, we're having a great time. There's a lot of people in there. We can stay open later, but um you know, it's, uh, those are the hours that we're rocking right now. Uh, as soon as, you know, everything is back to normal and I have no idea when that's going to be, um, yeah. you know, 2 AM is, is the out time, uh, going back to where we were before we made sure all of our clientele was out the door by one thirty because as soon as those two bars across the street that are kind of known for riffraff, let all their clientele out, man, that's when, you know, a lot Stuff of bad things happened and we didn't, want our, we didn't want our, you know, our clientele rubbing elbows with those people. What so if this is the new norm? I mean, you, you talk yeah. about when we get back to normal, what if this is normal now? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I was thinking about that this morning on the way in and, and it really, when you were talking about prohibition, cause I, I love history and I love the prohibition. Me too. Me too. And you know, you think about, imagine the streets when they ended prohibition and they busted the, you know, and the, uncork the barrels for the first time and i i i look at what's it going to be like 20 years from now when you know our kids are telling their kids that their grandparents grew up in a time where marijuana was illegal mm-hmm. and now they're you know and and they're they're or looking at the same thing or a pandemic mm-hmm. and and after that pandemic this is how it shifted the paradigm and 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 you know i i just I just always fast forward a few, you know, 20, 30 years and think, mm-hmm. how is this going to be remembered? Are, right. Yeah. You know, are we going to be remembered as the society that just said, oh, no, it's sick and everybody buckled? Or are we going to be the society that said, hey, there was a real fear. We overcame it and we rebuilt our society and, and, and we got back on track. Yeah. yeah I don't no know how many track is. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, obviously there's other places that are dealing with more setbacks than, than we are, you know, the, some of the Southern states had to close again and that's bad news. I mean, we don't want to see that here. I, you know, most of the people I talk to and personally, I don't feel like we really have to worry about that, but you know, knock on wood, I don't really want to say, you know, uh, I don't have to deal with that. Um, as long as everyone stays safe, the, people stay home that should be staying home and you know you should stay home if you don't need to be out I guess you know uh but right. sometimes this is but that might sound like I'm telling people not to go out I'm not um because 
a lot of what we're seeing now uh, is a lot of depression and a lot of lack of uh, social interaction and this, you know, zooming and, and that it's good, but it's not the same. And I think everyone, not, yeah. there. and, and uh, yeah. it's, you know, it's scary to see my kid, you know, he had best friends with, you know, your daughters and uh, yep. they didn't see each other for months and yeah. seeing him and hearing him, you know, uh, you know, we got him together on zoom and FaceTime and that stuff. And this they said insane. right after the first time, it's not the same, you know? Yeah. So, right. And well, I guess kids need to play. Kids need to interact. Yeah. Kids need to dig worms and throw balls. Right. And hit yeah. Same like, same like humans need to sit and tell big stories and have a drink and relax, right. you know, like, right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And well, uh, it's, it's, it's important. It's detriment. I mean, it's, 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 it's a necessity. It is absolutely yeah. a necessity. It's who we are as a species. We are a social species. Yeah. So yeah. that's one of the reasons I got in this business because I love, I love that about being a human, you know, and I, it's like, it's not an easy life, you know, uh, it's not like we have one source of food. I mean, we have choices and, you know, it makes things very difficult, but you know, that's one of the great things about being alive and, you know, having these choices of how we can eat our food and what we can, you know, drink. I mean, and I'm just happy people are coming down to kettle to do that. And I want to continue to provide that, uh, I want people to feel safe. Um, mm -hmm. so I don't know, I, I don't know how, society is going to change. I don't know how we're going to look back on this. I was trying to look back at a time that we went through and, and, and you know, my, my, you know, of course a big event that we can all think of would be nine 11, you know, I mean, that was a huge, huge event. And I was, I mean, people were glued to the televisions like they were when this pandemic first you know, started. And my son asked me where I was, uh, you know, on, on 9-11, just like I asked my mom where she was on, uh, uh, you know, December 7th. Um, so like, you know, uh, it's, uh, do you know where you were? Do you, you know where you were on, uh, on 9-11? Oh yeah. Where were you? I was at home <laughs> sleeping and, uh, wow. I worked at the, the hotel embassy suites downtown at the time okay. and my high school girlfriend, I was living on my own. Uh, and my high school girlfriend, she was a senior in high school at the time, banging on my door. And I popped out of bed, like, what the hell's going on? Ran to the door. And she, the first thing she said to me is, we're at war. Oh, wow. She was dramatic. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? Like, <laughs> get my gun. <laughs> like, yeah, but that was, that, listen, yeah, society, that was the feel. That oh was the God. feel. Uh, yeah. That was the feel. Yeah. And she said, turn on the TV. And I turn on TV, and then we watched the second plane hit. And that was just unbelievable, man. We did, too. I was in Seattle, Washington. My wife had a uh, conference to be at. And I got a call, and it was my mom. And she said, better turn the TV on. And we did. <clears throat> right when that second plane hit, and I was like, what? Is this real? Yeah. That's what Guys, I, I instantly picked up the phone and called the airport because we were supposed to take off the next day and I just rented a car. Yeah. I knew they were gonna, smart. For some reason, someone, you know, whatever, rented a car and thank God we did because the other people that were there for that conference got delayed like two or three days. I bet. Well, we had to get home. We had two small kids. You know, my folks were here and I, and I honestly thought just like what your girlfriend said, and I wasn't being dramatic. I just thought, if this is war, I, the last thing I want to be is away from uh, my family, right? So Absolutely, man. Absolutely. We, we drove Plus, across. You know, 
get off the coast and <laughs> get into right. a central place. Yeah, absolutely, man. Right. Craig is now, uh, so there's a portion of our uh, podcast that, uh, that, <laughs> You need the bathroom? Yeah, yeah, and so no. What was that? What was that? Oh show? God! <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So this is a really shitty segment of our show. But, uh, Literally. No, you don't know I'm in a bathroom. <laughs> no, no, Craig. Craig likes to throw in a little uh, portion of cribs into our. Every <laughs> yeah, day. right. And I'm so, hoping the video doesn't work on all this. Yeah. Well, according to the clock in the background. There's noise, and I'm getting upset at the noise that's going on in this place. And so we can't. Uh, I'm trying to. Yeah, well, I can. Oh. Hey, Adam, real quick, I wanted to ask too. You brought up the, um, you know, you brought up the, well, you both brought up the September 11th kind of analogy, and it's right. It's it's one of those things you'll never forget. But I mean, your employees. I don't think you know people don't realize, and you guys too. The restaurant industry people just as a base salary don't make very much if at all mm -hmm. so has there been have you had you had that fight in you a while ago to kind of bring that up or just to have kind of some you know energy for your employees to help yeah. them you know, kind of weather that have you have you had to refocus that or revisit that kind of thing or i mean is there any talk around like supporting you know beyond just the ppe lo PP loans and all those other things is there more talk now about maybe supporting your guys's industry and those employees uh you know we listen every day for for verbiage specifically to that and um you know the uh the employment information that's coming out um doesn't reflect the fact that uh some people have gotten their jobs back and most of the people that have gotten their jobs back are in my industry and mm -hmm. you know a, a lot of those are going to go away again because um you know the reclosings and stuff like that we tried to do as much as we could uh, because we, I mean, our employees are more than just employees. They're, our, they're a family of ours. And, um, you know, we try to look out for them as much as possible. And we, we did everything we could. And we had some unfortunate circumstances with a business partner that we were in business with, uh, who's happened to be going through some litig some small business litigation. Um, and, uh, we were unable to secure any of those loans. Um, you know, and then we changed, business partners, all this is happening at this time. And so it was, it was one of those convenient uh, situations um, with nothing, you know, necessarily good or bad about it. Uh, you know, I suppose it was good and I say that loosely, but uh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so our new business partner, it doesn't have any of those issues and uh, he was able to secure some loans moving forward. Um, so, you know, the people that are with us now, um, a handful of those people came back and you know the other hand we had to hire new um but we keep good relationships with the exception of a few bad eggs um of with with our our employees and we offered every single employee that job back every single one before we hired anyone else we offered every single one back um awesome. yeah uh you know uh it's good for us too because we don't have to train, you know, any uh, any new people. It's just kind of getting them back up to speed, and uh, you know, right. we tighten some things up. But we we toward the end when we knew the move was happening, we were letting some things go, and you know, we need to tighten up on a few areas, uh, you know, focus on a few things, make a few cool. things better. Um, and once that was taken care of, you know, uh, we had some new staff to to do that with. Yeah, so. I think that's across the board, though. You know, I yeah, 
I, uh, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine and, and he made a great point one time. He said, you know, the, the one thing that this pandemic is going to flush out, if you were a shithead employee before the pandemic, you're going to be a yeah. shithead employee after yeah. the pandemic. Yeah, good point. Yeah. If you were a great employee before the pandemic, you're going to come out on the other side of this thing smelling like a rose. You're just a yeah. great employee. Yeah. So yeah. for those bad eggs that got flushed out, fix your shit. Yeah. Well, get, one of, you know, one of them, uh, <laughs> I Let's not get it. into it, Adam. But oh, that yeah, David, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You don't we, want we traded back. some. We traded some for others, and uh, some, you know, some one of those we were lucky, we were ha happy, and lucky to get rid of. Yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. put link. We'll put links for their LinkedIn we'll, profiles. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you so terrible. The, you brought up September, like you bring you bring up September 11th, and I remember thinking what changed for me was like my respect for not just the pilots in the airline industry, but all this workers that it took. You know you know, the, the airline industry people to make it happen, plus all the people who checked us, you know, now TSA is kind of a running joke, but it opened my eyes to their world and to their industry. And I started to, instead of just passing by them, I started to thank them. I started to appreciate them and I started to support things that would support more money for them. And so now I think about, especially healthcare frontline, you know, physicians of the world, I don't think they probably need more money, although I think their importance has never felt more than ever, but I hope there's others in those support roles for healthcare people that get more support. But I also think of, the two dollars and what is it that you the state gives in terms of uh, hourly pay? What's the the minimum wage? Two thirteen. Two thirteen. Last I so checked. So your 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 livelihoods, especially for your employees, are based upon people showing up. Well, I should. And that's just for service, correct? I, that's I just for service. Yeah. yeah. Servers wow. and bartenders. Um, wow. anyone, bartender, who, yeah. anyone who receives gratuity, uh, you know, our cooks, we don't pay them in that structure, but uh, you know, we uh. we pay more than from again, right. my understanding, anyone else downtown. And this is, again, my understanding at last time I checked around, we pay our people $4 an hour mm -hmm. uh, because we want good help. And in the event that there's a slow night, we want these people to know that they're not just making, you know, right. nothing. Right. Uh, it's because we pay more that we ask a little bit more. Um, we also don't typically hire industry professionals, uh, people that have been, that are career servers. Um, sometimes you can develop some bad habits that are hard to break. Right. Uh, once you've been jumping from place to place and you know, those kind of people, um, and this is generally speaking, uh, kind of look out for themselves. Um, they're kind of not the best team players mm -hmm. after that, after that they've been in the industry for so long. Our philosophy is different. Uh, we, we blanket tip. So we split all the tips at the end of the night between everyone that worked and how many hours they've worked. It's a, it works for us because it helps us hold everyone accountable. And if there's somebody walking by and we call this prairie dogging when uh, a customer lifts their head <laughs> up and looks for a server, um, when that happens, I want whoever sees it, the first one to be like, oh, who, not, not whose table is that? You know, let me find your server. It's how can I help you, you know, right. look, and get them taken care of. And everyone makes more money that way. Everyone. Yeah. Does. Yeah. No, man, listen, um, props to you and Mackenzie on creating experience there at Copper Kettle. That is, I mean, it's really unique for Lincoln. I mean, it feels like you're, I mean, you could walk out and be in New York, you know, you walk in, you feel like you're, you are yeah. taken back. It's all those things, man. And you guys have, you know, you've been true to form how you weathered the storm. Um, it's been pretty amazing to see on, on just from a, I mean, I was lucky enough to work. <laughs> I have one of those shirts. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, I these are the originals, man. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, 
uh, but also, uh, I think one of the things that I want to miss on this is just that, you know, the industry is, is taking a beating and you guys, I think, represent it really, really well, you, you know, yeah. so props to you guys. One of the things I'd like to do real quick is we've never really done this, but I think we need to get a picture of our podcast guests. So if you could put your arms oh. up. Yeah, that's right. Well, I'm just going to screenshot real quick. And, uh, well, and sure. you got to talk. <laughs> and you got to talk. <laughs> <laughs> and it's right. a screenshot. This is the best. This I is got, kinda, yeah. I got Adam really good, by the way. That's good. <laughs> uh, real quick, I actually want to ask you, Give us a, a COVID cocktail. Not not literally cough into it and put some Red Bull and vodka in it, but um, give us some Strap in uh, for this bad yeah. <laughs> yeah. give, give, give the listeners at home uh, maybe something they can do to make something special beyond ordering online from Copper Kettle or coming in, but something they can do uh, to try something at home that might be different for them. Well, um, you know, uh, whatever – it's like someone, when somebody asks me what's good, you know, uh, whatever your favorite booze is, or if you like many different boozes, it's kind of whatever you feel like at the time. Um, you know, I like fresh ingredients. Um, I hope everyone else does too. So, you know, using fresh juices, you know, you get a juicer, uh, fresh lime juice, fresh lemon juice, fresh orange juice, fresh mint. Mm-hmm. With those, I mean, if you take some vodka or some gin um, or even whiskey and a little bit of simple syrup, uh, put those in some, you know, and just stir them up into a glass with all those set ingredients. Uh, you're going to have a, a great cocktail. I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's something great from home. I don't know. Maybe I just made it up. Maybe that's the COVID cocktail. <laughs> there it is. Three Minus. different kinds of citrus juice. Let's see. Uh, ounce and a half of vodka. Uh, let's do one ounce orange juice, one ounce, Lemon juice, one ounce lime juice, uh, quarter ounce simple syrup, three muddled mint leaves. Uh, <laughs> what's sim- hey? What's the simplest way to make simple syrup? Sorry, the pun. Simplest way is uh, uh, I would I use a little more water than sugar, but if you use um, 50-50 or one one ratio, so one cup of sugar versus one cup of water, mix those together, heat them until um, and stir it as you're heating it until they dissolve. Until sugar dissolves. Uh, low heat, typically low to medium heat. So you don't microwave. Boil. You don't want to boil it. No, you yeah. can use a microwave. You can microwave the water and then, uh, you know, mm. mix it outside into a Pyrex uh, mixing cup if you want to. There's a lot of I make mine in my coffee maker. Yeah, <laughs> it works, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> and then he, <laughs> yeah, that is so, coffee. That's called. I have to throw coffee. the coffee that's, maker that's, away, but <laughs> that's called COVID coffee. Simple syrup. <laughs> yeah, that's all I drink. Just sugar water. Just uh, sugar water. Petri dish. <laughs> and then, and uh, then I like to ground up coffee beans and put it in. Oh there. yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, so that's interesting. So, uh, so muddle up some 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 mint leaves. Ounce of yeah. uh, ounce of a couple different kinds of juices, some vodka. Ah, I'm getting thirsty. Oh uh, yeah, simple syrup. Splash yeah. a splash of soda or uh, soda water or Sprite in there, mm. and give it a little bit of bubble, a little bit of effervescent. You know, we'll we'll throw the recipe up on the the show notes. Yeah. But uh, right. Adam yeah, in today, <laughs> Adam in. I just want to say, man, thank you so much. Uh, I you know yeah. it's been good to talk to you. Good to see you again. Post you know um, the flight. Um, it's great to catch up and and obviously you know. Hope you guys, you and Mackenzie and the Copper Kettle, nothing but the best. Thank you very Absolutely. much. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. And 
I'll be down for a jalapeno one soon. Yes. Come on down, yeah. man. And and you'll have to get back up in the old green plane again. We'll have to go I'm somewhere. I'm looking forward and, to it. I want to get we try, up there sometime. Can we try it in a pumpkin? Something in a pumpkin? Making some something in a pumpkin or something? This fall, man, you got it. This fall. Okay. Oh, we'll do that. Great. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I'll I'll have some fresh pork by then too, so we can. Uh, That's right. Uh, Will we? Pumpkin carnitas. Can we name man? it? Can we yes. name it? The pig. Pumpkin carnitas. I think it'd be good for that. Pumpkin hey, pork. <laughs> you know, I, real quick, I want to say something. So, uh, my neighbor's son-in-law is here from Belgium, and he was showing me pictures of hunting. And when you were talking about uh, respect for animals, my goodness, this guy—they hunt in bow ties and suits. And they, they tuck their dress pants into their boots. Yeah. And the night before the hunt, they have like these guys playing horns and everybody's, you know, partying, but they're, it's, it's a whole celebration of tomorrow's hunt. And the next day they have these freshly pressed, you know, suits and ties. And I was yeah. like, man, you go sit in a tree stand like that. He said, absolutely. Yeah. It's respect. It's respect for what you're about to kill. And mm. then they kill it and they have a whole celebration about yep. it. And yeah. they display the animal and pay homage to it, and then they feast. And that's yeah. that's evolved from uh, from medieval times, uh, mm -hmm. you know. And but uh, the the Brits have been doing that for years too. Um, they, they they wear they have shooting right jackets with pads yeah. on their shoulders, the shotguns, and yeah, it's it's cool. I, that that is to respect it that way and in that manner. That that's what it's all about. Isn't okay. it crazy that okay so. Not only do we need to respect animals, but people, <laughs> right. we need to respect each other. So, and with dress, all the respect. Dress codes. Yeah. Dress codes. Absolutely. All right. All right. What's Good that, to guys? see you guys. Good to see you guys again. All right. Thanks, man.